I think from a very young age, I've always just wanted to kind of forge my own path and you know be creative and not have people tell me what to do. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. All right, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy and the founder of The McMethod. I'm back today for a, uh, for a podcast. I haven't been on the show for a while. I've had uh, my lovely friend, gentleman, Dave Allen. And, uh, to, but today, I thought it would be cool to actually go and interview someone who, uh, who found The McMethod ages ago. I'm not exactly sure how long ago, but uh, a certain time ago and uh, has just gone on to do some pretty incredible things. I thought it would be inspiring and, and probably educational for both freelance copywriters or aspiring freelance copywriters and also just business owners just to hear uh, sort of what it's like to go through that process of, of probably having a job or having a normal life and deciding that you're going to go and become a copywriter and then uh, right now, um, he's actually in Prague right now. So his name's Austin Lee. Uh, he's currently based in San Diego. He's, uh, he's a surfer and uh, but now he's currently in Prague. He's on his first digital nomad adventure or traveling around to see, you know, give it a test run, basically. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk today about He sent me a whole bunch of emails. Every few months, I'd get an email from him about, oh, I've just quit my job, or I'm going to make six figures, or whatever it is, about what's going on in... um in his business, thanks to some of the podcasts and some of the stuff he's learned on the McMethod, and I just thought it'd be just really cool to find out more about the story. So here we are. So what's going on, Austin? Hey, John. Um, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, been a long time. Been listening to the show for for a few years now. I think we're coming up actually past the the two year anniversary of stumbling across your blog quite literally by googling what is copywriting which is pretty wow. funny so um yeah man really really stoked to be here that's cool man it's great to have you here so before we get into i guess the the i guess the story we'll, we'll go back to the start and sort of go forward but but let just talk to people like where are you at right now like what's your current situation we'll start there and then we'll go back to the beginning and weave our way back to where you are now just to get them excited like you're you're in prague but give us a rundown of what's going on for you Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm about a year and a half um, from, I guess, getting my first client. And right now, um, my main client is uh, Exercises for Injuries uh, with Rick Asselge. And he, I think he has like over 120 different kind of information products right now on uh, pain relief for, for the older kind of 40 plus audience. So I'm writing a lot of his funnels, um, sales pages, emails, the upsells, and, um, and then going back and kind of you know, making some of his, his past product funnels convert better. Um, so that's kind of been my main focus. Uh, just finished up writing a, let's see, what was that? A, a Kickstarter campaign for, for a watch that's going to launch next year. Um, and then I've recently begun working with an agency, uh, called dig in and they, they work with some heavy hitters like Agora financial and, and, uh, green Valley natural solutions. And they're, um, so it's, it's been really cool to, to get going with them. And, um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, just in the trenches of direct response, trying to to learn from the best and get better and and make a little money while I'm at it. Right. And how does it feel? How does it? Because uh, that's what everyone talks about is they want the freedom, they want uh, these different things about this lifestyle. Because I mean, they're actually doing a webinar every week at the moment and asking people why do you want to do this? And it's always things like you know to, to escape the nine to five, to get more freedom, so I can travel, so I can have more money for a passion like what's what's the best thing about it for you what, what how do you feel and why is it so cool 
Oh man, I guess I have always, um, I've always resented authority. Like <laughs> I've just <laughs> always remembered like being in school, just, I, yeah, I went, I went to Catholic school. It was pretty strict, uh, growing up and it was just, it was like prison for me, man. I cannot tell you how much, you know, how many detentions I got and how much I just struggled, like being told to just fit in the lines and just, oh, just like, it was against everything on like a cellular level for me. So I think from a very young age, I've always just wanted to kind of forge my own path and, you know, be creative and not have people tell me what to do. Um, so, uh, when you pair that with a, a more corporate route, like I did right out of college, it, um, yeah, it, it, there was no way I was going to last a long time. <laughs> so I think the freedom to, to, yeah, to call, you know, to call my own shots, pick the clients that I want to work with, um, and, and have that creative freedom to just, you know, make the things that I want to make is, um, the greatest thing. So that might've not been any one thing, but, um, <laughs> hopefully that helps. Right, right, right. Okay, so I mean that's a good segue, a good opportunity to go back to the start and kind of talk about. So, so what happened? You're in, you're in high school. It's you went to college. You you finished that and went into the corporate world. Yeah, so I I went to business school at the University of Colorado in Boulder, um, which is not too far from where I grew up in Denver, and. Um, I remember, I think it was like sophomore year, I got introduced to this kid who was a freshman and was had a t-shirt business out of his freshman room dorm. And he, he was just a mutual friend from uh, from high school and we're hanging out and his phone, I, I shit you not, kept blowing up with like PayPal notifications, like <laughs> every couple seconds. And I'm like, what, what, what is that? Like what's, what's happening? And he was getting sales. Like he was selling t-shirts, um, extremely well with the Colorado flag on it. And now that's kind of become, um, I don't know, cliche and not cool. But at the time, like putting a Colorado flag on products was, um, really unique. And so I was like, dude, how, how are you doing this? Can you teach me how to do this? And he had the t-shirt business cover, but we ended up partnering in this, um, like white label text message marketing business where, and this is funny because I was doing direct response before I even knew what direct response was. Um, so we would go to, to like a taco shop and say, Hey, how would you like to have some technology where, uh, there's a little, little pamphlet on the counter and someone can text, you know, one, two, three, four, text, text the word taco to one, two, three, four, five, and get a 10% off your next order. And so they were able to build a list that they could market to, um, with text messages. And so it was really cool. And we ended up getting a couple clients, um, not a lot of traction, but then it, it, it actually crashed and burned, um, because he was the owner of the business and more or less dropped off the face of the earth. And, uh, I guess the details aren't, aren't as important as the fact that I got a taste of, uh, of running a business and kind of being my own boss. And I actually maybe only made 200 or something dollars, but it was enough to, uh, it was enough to show me like, holy cow, like you don't have to just, you know, fit into the mold and, and get that entry-level job out of college like there's there's money to be made there's opportunities to be had outside the sphere of like what my professors and my parents and my friends all think so that was um that kind of planted the seed and while you know i had to i had to get a job at uh five guys burgers and fries that summer because the business failed and um i wasn't able to keep billing the the clients that we had um so that was that was a bummer but um that was kind of the first step uh, of, of understanding that, you know, being an entrepreneur wasn't just this, this fairy tale. Um, 
And then it's segging out of college, I went to work for a, um, a private equity real estate group. And, um, you know, I guess there's, I think there's a lot of maybe your audience who wants to just go right into it, um, become a freelancer, start a business. I think that's great. Um, I also think it's not a bad idea to go, uh, you get a, get a job learning like weird people stuff. So that's kind of where I found myself. What do you mean by weird <laughs> people stuff? What's that? So in any business or, you know, even, even if you're not in business, just understanding the politics, I think of, of working with people and like power dynamics within a hierarchy and, and handling narcissists and, you know, selling your ideas, all those things, those are all skills that apply, um, no matter what you're doing, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in the workplace. Um, and so that was extremely valuable for me to learn just like, how do I, how do I sell my idea to my boss in a way that he thinks it's good for him? Or how do I, you know, we, we had investors, um, who were, who were putting up capital so we could buy, uh, properties and, and, and lease them out and sell them and make more money. And it was like, well, how do we sell this potential business opportunity to the investors? So it fits into, you know, their vision of how they're going to make money. So it was always, so, I guess without knowing I was doing copywriting, I, I was sending these emails within that organization, trying to influence people to see things my way to, you know, let me do this or let me, you know, fly to Nashville to go talk to these people. And so, um, so that yeah, looking back, it's funny. I, there's, I think there's some like overquoted Steve Jobs thing. It's like, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. So now looking back, I can see how important that was for me just to and just working with people and knowing how to do business and get things done. So, um, so that, so I, I did that for about a year and, uh, looking, you know, looking at where I'd be in 10 years, 20 years down the line, I could just see that's, you know, I'm like, I'm a creative person. I just didn't want to be uh, where those guys were and I could see it clear as day what it would look like. So I, so I, so I quit that job and, um, I went and traveled to 24 countries in about 10 months. And in that time period is actually where I found, um, your, your blog and, and a little bit more about, uh, direct response marketing. But, um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of the, the fast forwarded version to how I found it. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll tell the story about how I, found myself on Google typing in, <laughs> what is a copywriter? Cause, uh, <laughs> cause that, that was pretty funny. Like I, I was juggling all these tasks in that job, uh, you know, project management, uh, just dealing with all these different egos and different people and different tasks. And, and I had no idea how to handle it. So I found a book by Dan Kennedy. It was like time, it was time and no BS time management for entrepreneurs, I think. Um, and ended up filing that away, used a couple things. And then, um, and then when I was in that hostel, I, I was supposed to have my business figured out and I had no idea what I was going to do. And then it was, it was honestly like a light bulb moment. I was like, Oh, Dan Kennedy, like something about a copywriter <laughs> who made a shit ton of money and seemed like a cool guy who did what he wanted. So I was like, okay, so what is a copywriter? And, um, anyway, that's how, that's how I found your blog. But, um, it, and, yeah, fast forward here I am, you know, writing copy every day and uh living in Prague. So I'm <laughs> I'm pretty uh pretty happy that it unfolded that way. But at the time I couldn't see where any of that was going. So um that's another another point on how 
you can't really tell where it's gonna get get ahead. But I, I was trusting my gut for a lot of that. Right, right. I think it's really cool. You brought up some interesting points, and the first one, um, which I think is interesting, is this importance of people or learning how people work. And when when people come to me and they say, "Well, how do I get started? How do I get my first client? How do I get any clients?" Really, I'm, I'm always like saying, "Go to a conference or a meetup or a co-working space. Go somewhere where other people are actually going to be, and uh, and talk to them." Because you can you can get clients online and you can get referrals and stuff. You can't really get referrals when you don't have any clients. But especially with the first one, mm-hmm. it's always going to be better or easier in person because you can shake their hand, you can look them in the eye, they can get a feel for who you are and what you like as a person. If they like you, um, and you can learn how to make people like you, I think it's a. It, some people have it naturally. That's true, but uh, it's definitely a skill. You can get better at being well-liked or personable or whatever word you want to use there. And I, I think that that's a really important thing to have for. This bit, like this bit, or any kind of business, really, but especially when you're working with clients, like a big part of it is getting on the phone and talking to them, asking about their problems, you know, building rapport with them, understanding what's wrong with their, what they think is wrong with their business, and coming up with some kind of solution, and then getting them to buy into it. Um, and so yeah, you can't absolutely. Do that. If you don't like working with people, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really tough time. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's super interesting because yeah, you have to have skills as a copywriter and you have to be good. But um I think the lesser talked about part of the uh, ingredient in the equation is yeah, you got to be a great listener. So like that was something I was comfortable with because I was cold calling like 80 different retail companies every day, you know, Chipotle and uh different barbershops and and saying, "Hey, like we have this space." Um would you like to lease it? Cause we owned properties. And, and by doing that, I just learned how you can't go in and hard sell people. Like they don't have the time for that. You're going to piss them off. Um, and cold calling doesn't really work. So, uh, so I had to become, yeah, which is what I found out at the end. But what I did learn is if you can listen to people, um, and they can feel like you're understanding their problems. Um, and, and you're coming from a place of let me help you, not let me make a buck. Uh, that's, that's huge. And I think a lot of, I don't think a lot of copywriters, um, who are starting out get on the phone enough. Uh, and so I think that was, that was an asset from that job that I carried into, into copywriting that really helped me is just being able to be comfortable on the phone and be okay with getting no. Cause I was getting 60, 80, you know, however many no's a day, I just became numb to it. At first it hurts. It's a bitch. And it's, it, you know, you feel like it's personal, but, um, if you can get over that hurdle, I think, uh, that's when you can, you can really start to, to get some traction in, in the sales aspect. Right. I mean, at least another thing of, um, something that's been coming for me lately with, um, with these conversations has been that, uh, people are like, well, how do I, how do I charge a lot of money? You know, like, um, yeah, with email copywriting, for example, they want to charge mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom levels, like you make what, 20 bucks an email, maybe 40 or 50 bucks an email. Whereas you can go out there and if, if you know where to go and how to pitch it, you can charge, um, probably like, not an unlimited amount, but you can go up to five, ten, twenty thousand dollars for for what is effectively the same thing. It's just pitched differently, marketed marketed differently. And so, like, what I've been telling people is that yeah, you need skills. You need to be able to write copies. You need to go study some stuff. You need to read some books. You need to do some handwriting exercises. Those different things. Mm-hmm. But a big part of um, of of char- like getting to like the the bigger leagues with copywriting is 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 not not just the copy it's and not even just where you find the clients it's it's knowing how to sell them so like being confident knowing what questions to ask knowing how to find how to you know put together a price for them on the phone knowing how to all these sorts of things it's like that whole sales process that's like yeah. i don't know what percentage of the battle it is but that's a huge piece of this whole game oh yeah it's massive 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious. What did you – how did you – because that took me like – you know, I was stuck selling ten emails for a thousand bucks for a while. I don't don't do that anymore. But but um, that was mm-hmm. the first year, maybe year, year and a half. And eventually, I I think I hired a coach or a couple of different coaches. And eventually, I realized that 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 like no one was gonna ever, no one's just gonna wake up one day. Hey, say John, hey, can I give you five grand for that same thing or ten grand for that same thing? I had to basically figure out um, and yeah. put together a, a different pitch or, or you know learn how do I frame up the whole thing differently so I can. Do more or less the same thing, but charge five or ten times as much. Like, and that once I learned that, it be, actually became a lot easier and also more satisfying because you end up with better clients, you end up making them more money. It's it's really is a win win. So, how do you how do you how, how have you found that? How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it was just repetitions at, at first of you know going through that process and. And listening, asking really good open-ended questions. Um, there's a book that I read earlier this year that helped me out a lot. It was called Never Split the Difference by, I think, Chris Voss. And he was like a former FBI negotiator. And um, it's really, you know, I think 70% of it is listening and and getting them to kind of come to their own conclusions. But um, yeah, it's, it's an, it's an art, you know, it's, it's whole separate side of the business and it's, it's very artful. And um, I, you know, through, through doing it, I got better, but um, you know, I I actually got a coach as well. And I think it was funny. I think I read an email about you you talking about the coaching process, um, you know, with Chris Orzakowski, I think was another guy uh, who, who maybe was is he a referral partner of yours or how does how does that work your relationship with chris yeah something like that he, he actually took a course uh, i actually found out because <laughs> funny story yeah i've been sending him deals for a while now but but i actually went you know when i went into my inbox one day and searched for his email i was looking for something and then i realized that we'd actually chatted on email maybe a bit like we have but i chatted with him three or four years ago when he was just getting started uh, okay and he'd taken uh the mcintyre method uh, masterclass that I've got now. He'd gone through that, and then we hadn't spoken, I guess, for a couple of years, and then we got connected again. Obviously, like you know, sort of fairly recently, and um, and now is sort of yeah, I guess a bit of a referral partner at the moment. But it's just funny how that works. That's yeah, yeah, that, that is funny. Yeah, and Chris, uh, so Chris walked me through a little bit of that and how he he sees that the whole conversation, and I think there's there's kind of. A, a couple pivotal turning points, but a lot, you know, a lot of the beginning is just like getting them to talk about the pain and, and, and not only what it means to their business, but you know, if you can get into like what's behind that in their, in their personal life. And I know that sounds kind of weird for a sales call, but like, you know, you know, what would it mean to you if we could, you know, get this autoresponder to convert twice as good or, or questions like that, where it's like the, what, the, why, the, how, where you get them talking and and kind of painting the vision themselves of you know what this could mean to their business, um, and uh, you know honestly there's like there's no magic bullet, um, but I think I think the repetitions is, is really just the biggest thing and having having kind of an outline of like different kind of signposts or or, or, or segs within the within that conversation where you need to start walking them you know a little bit closer and closer to the sales so. Um, you know, I honestly haven't even been on a sales call in the last month, so I gotta, I gotta freshen my chops up a little bit. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, I would I would say the biggest thing is is repetition and um, and if you can if you can get a coach, I, I think that's huge. But uh, but I don't think a lot of copywriting books, a lot of um, blogs, websites, whatever, are, are really 
are really teaching those sales calls. So I've uh, I've studied a, from a guy Ryan Stuman. I think he's like the hardcore closer. Who I think he teaches a lot of real estate people. And so learning, you know, reading his books, his blogs, um, just just understanding how how he runs those conversations um, has helped me a lot. So so looking outside of direct response copywriting into just like purely sales uh, has has been has been valuable for me over the last year. Right, there's this aspect of it of it where copywriting is like one thing. That's part of the like the skill set. But yeah, the sales is that's sort of. I mean, it's sort of the same thing in the sense of, of copywriting is just sales, but written down. Um, but this is where it gets a bit like people don't really teach teach the sales aspect within the copywriting world, which is part of the challenge. Yeah, and it's not a sales letter. It's not you, you can't just be like spitting benefits at them, you know, out the gate. And uh, you, it's really, you know, it's it's more dynamic and and more of a open ended conversation, you know, listening and and um, and then once they are kind of emotionally committed, then kind of moving closer to the sale. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm still I'm still learning a lot of it myself, and uh, I still kind of marvel at guys like you know, like Chris and other you know master copywriter uh copywriter salespeople who have you know blended those two skills into that kind of deadly combo uh it's really cool to listen in on and then to learn from so um yeah i've I've still got a ton to learn in, in that aspect of of the business right okay now let's i'm curious like it'd be fun to go talk about like uh the classic question i see coming up the most is like how do i get clients and mm-hmm. um, you mentioned Upwork at one stage. You even wrote a blog post about how to use Upwork to get clients. Like, yeah. talk to me about that. Like, how have you how have you gotten the clients that you've got? Like, and what what do you what what should people not be doing, and what should they be doing? Well, like, what did you you probably learned a few things about what works and what doesn't, and how to save time. So, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Upwork gets like a, a crappy reputation, I think, within the community because they're honestly like I won't I won't deny it. there's a lot of kind of bottom feeding like people that are looking for the cheapest like let me pay you know a couple cents a word or, or something like that and it's it's it is really hard uh, at, at at first if you're ch- if you're charging those low rates because you're competing with you know a, a whole sea of other people that are trying to do the same thing um who can afford to charge less so what what i found to be useful on upwork was um firstly just being being a person like I think a lot of people go in and they're just, um, it's, it's very robotic. Like, here's what I offer. Um, here's what I can do. It's, it's just very cut and dry. So sometimes I would, I would go on the websites. I would find a a little bit about them or their business. Um, one of the clients I landed, he was living up in British Columbia or or around that area. So I, you know, I, I was, I was chatting him about that kind of blending that in with why I could help him. And, um, that's been a long-term client that I still have today. And, uh, and so I think being, you know, just being a a person on the other side of the screen, um, is, is one big thing with Upwork. Uh, the second, like when you say being a person, is it, is it, is that, is this having a photo on your profile? Is this having like a personal, like sort of more of a personality infused bio, bio, you know, sort of bio or profile message, or is it doing what you mentioned, like going to the website and actually doing some proper research? Like what, what do you, yeah, what exactly do you mean? Yeah, I think it's all those things. I think it's um, you, you want to stand out. People like to do business with other people. Like I don't, I don't think I have gotten some of my clients because I'm the best copywriter out there. But I think you know, a lot of times people are, are you know, consciously or subconsciously asking um, if I work with this person for the next year, can I sit next to them on a plane flight? Yeah, you know, that's more of a corporate kind of. Uh, 
lens thinking about that question, but like, can, you know, can people work with you? Are you going to be annoying? Are you going to be a pain in their ass or are you just going to be a breeze and enjoyable to work with and someone fun that they can, you know, maybe even recommend to their other friends. So, um, yeah, my, I think my profile had a little bit more than just, uh, I'm going to make you more sales and I'm going to, you know, blow up your conversions by, you know, X percent. It it was, it was, it was some of that and some of, um, here's what I know about copywriting, but it was also like, Hey, I'm Austin. Here's a little bit about me. Um, so there was that, there's the photo. And then in the interaction, I think that was the biggest thing. Just, um, just trying to, trying to build some rapport. I think that was, that was one of the key lessons on Upwork is they're getting tons of people hitting them up, um, with a lot of cookie cutter offers, a lot of, uh, just people focusing on themselves. So if you can ask people a question about, Oh, how do you, how do you like living up in, uh, in BC? I, I was up there or, you know, I've got a, it, it sounds kind of corny, but it, it, even little things like that can separate you, I think from the masses. Um, so, so that's the personality aspect. And I honestly put in like, I was, you know, I, to give you some of the backstory, I was living in my parents' basement for about four or five months after coming back from that, that trip. And, um, my big motivation was obviously moving out of my parents' house. I had a taste of freedom before that I had career, you know, and now I was back just like, Oh crap, I got to make this work or I'm going to be stuck or I'm going to have to get a real job. And that terrified me. So I was putting in a lot of, a lot of requests, talking to a lot of people. Um, and I think that, can circle back to that, that sales part of the equation. Like you just got to be okay with, you know, most people are going to say no at first. Um, so if you can just keep trucking on, you know, you're going to, you're going to find some diamonds in the rough. And that's what I've told a lot of my friends on Upwork. Um, but yeah, at first, uh, it it can be a little tough to get some traction, but you just gotta, you gotta work through it and, um, and keep your eyes open because there are good clients on there, but you, you do have to hunt for them. Right, right. So you mean so you, you wouldn't sit on there and wait for these jobs to come in. You'd be on there every day looking for them, actively looking for the good jobs. Yeah. So at the time, I didn't know how to find clients. I was just like, um, you know, nobody, nobody big is going to hire me when they can, you know, hire David Deutsch or some heavy hitter. Um, and I, I at least knew that on Upwork, there was going to be a pool of people who were looking for copywriters. Like they, they were at that stage of sophistication where they knew I need a copywriter right now, but I don't know how to find one. Like there are a lot of business owners that are in that place. So if you can meet them there, as opposed to, I don't even know that I need a copywriter. What are you talking about? My landing page sucks. What's a headline. You can at least get them to that point where they know that they want a copywriter and then, um, apply to those jobs. So that's kind of the way Upwork works. People are are listing different tasks that they need done. And if you can, if you can go in do a little bit more work than other people show them, um, that you've done a little background research that, and you, and you combine that with building some rapport, you're going to stand out in, uh, a sea of people that a lot, I mean, a lot of them are copy pasting templates, uh, to potential clients, which is, you know, a big no, no. Um, if you're looking for a real kind of long-term partner and, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it, on Upwork, um, I think those are kind of my main takeaways, but I don't, I don't do much on there anymore, if anything. So I guess that's another aspect where once you, once you do get traction and you're, you're, you have some longer term clients, you can spin that into referrals and to, um, directly reaching out to people in related 
industries or related businesses and showing them the work you've done that you got on Upwork. Uh, so you don't have to, it's not, you know, you're, you're not shackled to Upwork forever, but I think it's a great kind of, uh, place to launch if you're a copywriter who doesn't know where to get clients, but there's a hundred ways to do it. So that's, that's just one of them that you should try. Right, right. And what do you think about the state of Upwork today? Like, it's uh, obviously over time, it gradually gets more competitive. For example, as more people get in, so it's uh, what it was say two years ago is is going to be different to how it is now. With there's even like people out there selling courses on how to make money on Upwork, which mm-hmm. uh, some of them obviously didn't exist a certain time, you know, a certain amount of time ago. So just the, the nature of these things is they get more competitive. So do you think it's still easy, or maybe not easy is not the right word, but do you think it's still possible? Uh, for people to get it, get it I, Yeah, I, I think it's still possible. And looking back, I think I would pair it with, um, you know, f- I'd say Facebook is a great place like to, to be looking at clients. Uh, Facebook groups, yeah, business groups. And the higher level ones you can get into, like not everybody can maybe afford. I know there's some paid ones in there. But, um, yeah, if you can get into the Facebook groups, I think that's an even better place to build rapport because you know, the, they can link back to your profile, see that you're a real human being. You can have that chat aspect of it. And that's where, like, if I could do it over, I didn't, I didn't really realize the potential when I was starting out. So I think that's, that's another great place. Um, and then I think back to what you said earlier in the conversation is just showing up at places like a couple actually younger writers reached out to me from your, from the the blog post I'd done with you. And, um, one had just gotten back from like a group meetup in San Diego and, and landed a client right there, um, on the spot. And it's like, wow, dude, that's awesome. I should have done more of that instead of you know, sitting on Upwork. But, um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't speak to how it is starting in, you know, late 2017, 2018, uh, on Upwork, but I would say that you shouldn't limit yourself, uh, in any way to, to at least explore some of these different routes. If you're serious about it, um, you should be trying a lot of different things and seeing what sticks. And so for me at the time, uh, and you know, part of it might've been luck. I think a lot of it was just sheer repetitions and, and putting in a ton of, uh, applications, talking to a lot of people. It, it happened to stick for me, but, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's really nothing linear about this, this industry as I'm sure you've experienced. So, um, I would just, I would just urge copywriters to, to try a lot of different things and don't dis don't get discouraged if, uh, if things aren't working. I mean, you know, even, even Gary Bensavenga was not that great at copywriting, I think for like five or 10 years or something. So, uh, those are, those are things to keep in mind. It's, uh, it's not quick and it's not linear, but, um, sometimes it's just like one client or one little thing that can just flip that momentum and, uh, and, and change everything. So, yep. Right. It's like this thing where, um, people, like in business, there's this sort of attitude, and this applies to copywriting and also everything else. There's this idea that you know you kind of you kind of get started and, and, you, and you try a couple things, maybe just one thing, and, and if it doesn't work, well, you sort of failed and it's game over and that's the end of end of the story. But the reality is, for anyone who's been in business and who's done it for, for you know who's still in the game after at least a few years, you realize that business is basically like. No, I mean, it depends how you define failure, but, but to me, it's like it's making a bunch of mistakes or, or trying a bunch of experiments that don't work in order to find yeah. like the occasionally you'll get onto something that really does work. And you can read books and talk to people and, and, and leverage various resources to, to lower your rate of failure and to increase your rate of strike, like, like hitting something properly, hitting something big. But 
just the game, the way the way the game works is is it requires you to try stuff that's not going to work. It's just the and and the thing is, even if you didn't, even if you were lucky and and somehow just boom, you just got it figured out on the first, like like you were lucky and uh, hit it on the first go. That in the short term that'd be cool because you know you'd be off, you're off mm-hmm. the races, you're all happy. But in the long term, it would actually be a weakness because it would mean that you'd never you never had to go through that period of suck, that period of struggle where it wasn't working that everyone else has to go through, which means the other people are a lot stronger than you. And um, this sort of is what it is. But I think if you can learn to embrace this idea that part of this game is like trying uh, upwork, seeing what happens, go try it out, go go. Uh, apply to a whole bunch of different jobs, see what happens, then go and do some Facebook group stuff as well. Maybe go on LinkedIn. Maybe uh, you do have to be careful in the sense of like you don't want to do too many different things at the same time. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. It's like every 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 piece of advice that someone has about business is is, is it can get te- like blown out of proportion or taken out of context. The truth is that it's like lots of different things, but you know at the same time you don't want to do too many things at the same time. It's it's it is a fine line, but that's that's how it works. It's a, it's a little bit gray. There's not like a perfect answer to this whole challenge. Yeah, man, and it's it's tough in the in the moment to see that because a lot of times you just feel like you're spinning your wheels. And I know this is nothing new talking about like the struggle of getting momentum, but um, you know it's it's very real. And like I, in looking outside of uh, just just learning from copywriters, like you can kind of learn some of this. I think resilience and grit from you know people just in business in general. Like I think. who is it? Barbara Corcoran, the, the gal on uh, shark tank. I don't know. She wrote like kind of a corny book. She probably had a ghostwriter write it, but there's something from there that stuck. She's like, yeah, being an entrepreneur is nothing. It's not like it's, it's not about being the best or whatever. It's just like, how fast can you get up after taking a beating? And so, um, you know, you're, you're definitely going to take some beatings. Like it's funny, man. I remember getting on a Skype call and some, I think I had mentioned that, you know, I had like studied under John McIntyre and like, uh, taken one of your courses and he was like, Oh yeah, John, like I, you know, I know about his podcast and, um, and we got on a Skype call, man. And I, I hardly even knew how to use Skype. So I'm pretty sure the whole call I was on video so he could see me, but he was on audio. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. It was like one of my first sales calls. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, luckily, luckily, but, um, I'm pretty sure I was sweating. So like when I get nervous, I sweat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's asking me, he's grilling me, you know, okay. So like, what, uh, what conversions did you get uh, on that autoresponder that you just wrote for that client? I'm just like stuttering and sputtering and sweating. And it was just, it was a disaster. Um, it was honestly, it was like so embarrassing, but, and of course he didn't hire me, but, um, yeah, like looking back, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, luckily I was able to like shake that off after a couple of days and like kind of get back in the trenches. But, um, yeah, you know, you just like, you just don't know until you, until you try it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Just go out there and like in, uh, hopefully I'm not spitting too many cliches, but I'm just thinking like, you know, I grew up playing hockey, um, and it was always, it was always like scary to go out there against bigger kids than you and get your shit rocked. Uh, cause, cause you can hit and, and do body checks. And it was always like, yeah, go out that first shift and, uh, just either hit or be hit. And so it's like, yeah, just go out and, and try and make contact, um, either with prospects, you know, other, other copywriters. Um, and, uh, and, and something's going to happen if you're hungry and if you want it, people are going to recognize that, give you an opportunity, just, just try and make it easy for the business owner to say yes. Um, and, uh, and, and just make it easier for them to say yes and say no. So like a lot of times I would go in and say, all right, well, let me, let me just 
write, rewrite, you know, one or two emails or, or make like a really easy offer for them to, to say yes to. And we'll see how we work together, how we like each other, how this goes. And then, you know, if, if it works, then, um, then maybe we can discuss further projects, you know, just framing things like that. Um, that's an, it's, it's an easy way for them to say yes. It's also a way for where you're not terrified to go and, and try and rewrite a, a sales page top to bottom or something, um, which can be intimidating if you're, if you're a new copywriter and you don't really know how to look at that stuff. So, um, that's, that, that was another thing that helped me was, was making, uh, offers that are easy to say yes to. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's funny looking back at all this, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not straightforward. No, def- definitely not. It's like, a, it's a bumpy road. There's up and downs and there's all sorts of different, there's so many different things to learn as well. Like it, it's, it's in some ways, one thing that, that has taken me a long time to learn is, is the, the finance side of things where you can make a lot of money. You can go out there and make 20, 40 grand a month or 10 grand a month or five, like whatever, just like pick, pick a number. You can make a lot of money. And, um, but making a lot of money doesn't mean you get to keep a lot of money. Um, <laughs> if you're spending that on stuff or if you're going on epic adventures and, and it's just spending, it's really easy to spend your money. It's, it's, it's incredible how, how fast it goes. And, um, you know, you think if I have to work all the time, making all this money, it's all good. And, you know, I can afford this dinner here and this thing over here and that thing over there. And, and soon you're like, and I think a lot of people have had this experience. You're like, you look back, you're like, I made all this money, but none of it's left. Like, where did it all go? <laughs> yeah. And you don't even know what you spent it on. Um, and yeah, so, that's a, a but this whole other aspect. No, no one really talks about this. Like in copywriting, it's just, you know, the focus is on, um, you know, you know, getting good at copy and then closing deals and doing client work. No one really talks about, well, the, the, it sounds boring, but I actually find it really interesting. Uh, and the reason why is it makes it it becomes like a game. Like the 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 the, the way you keep scoring business is numbers, and um, so that's looking at um, like a balance sheet or looking at your profit and loss, or looking at your cash flow summary. And those things sound like to me that you know I never used to know what those things even were, but they're just accounting sheets, spreadsheets basically to tell you yeah um, how good you how good the business is doing. And and you can use these if you've got like a huge business like Microsoft, or if you're just you know a solo freelancer. Uh, and you're just getting started. And if anything, I'd say like it's worth learning some of that stuff like right now, uh, instead of three or four or five years from now when you just made twenty grand and you just spent twenty grand somehow. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I use uh, I think I use FreshBooks. I don't know. It's um, really simple and good to know because I mean it sounds boring, but I mean what's you know it's it's not boring because it's how much money you get to keep. Like that's the opposite of boring. So. Um, yeah, yeah, good point, man. And um, I think uh, something I learned from like John Carlton and, and Kevin Rogers, they did a podcast on, on like freelancer finance. And it's like if you can create a uh, like a like a fuck you account is what they call it, and just have you know just cash on the side, like because you're a freelancer, you never know what's going to happen. But if you can just have if you can create a separate account for uh, for your savings, that's just worst case scenario type thing. You can. Not only can you feel safe, but when you're going into negotiations with a with a prospect, you can come from a place where I think you have a little more leverage than someone who might not be managing their finances might really need this deal because you know clients, anyone really in dating business, whatever, they can smell that neediness, and if you can um, if you can have a little war chest for yourself, you can you can have better leverage when you're, when you're talking to people and you can feel more confident on the phone in person, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, 
under the surface type uh, type strategy or, or just thing to to keep in mind. But it's um it's it's been psychological for me. Like it it has helped me uh, go into a, a phone call just feeling you know less like I need this deal. So um, I think that's helpful to to keep in mind and um, something that can be boring, but it's definitely worth learning. Right. Another great book for this is um, Profit First. Which oh okay have you heard of it? Uh, I've heard of it, but uh, I have not read it. It's amazing. It's uh, like I, I read this. I read uh, there's one book on this uh, on this topic called Financial Intelligence for fi- Financial Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, which is good. It's just dry. It's so dry and so mm. slow. And I, I mean, it took me years, like just three years, just to get through it, just because I kept putting it off and putting it down. And and anyway, this Profit First book is um, you could just forget about that financial intelligence book, I reckon, and put that to the side and go and read this Profit First book. And this is just about okay. this idea of, you know, when you make, say, say let's say you sell something for uh, for $1,000 and it comes into your account and uh, the first thing you do is you take out, uh, you allocate money for your taxes, for your profits, for your owner's compensation or for your salary. Uh, first, you do all, you take all those things out of that money first and then the remainder is what you're, you've got to, to spend on your, your operating expenses, basically. So anything you might spend mm. advertising or a website or hosting or email software or whatever you use to run your business, a FreshBooks subscription. And um, the idea is that when you do it the other way, most people do it in the other way around. You basically make your money, you put it in the you, – and then you go spend the money on all your bills – and then whatever's left over is your salary and, and so on. And uh, the problem with that is that the way the mind works is you see $1,000 coming in, you're like, oh, great, I've got $1,000 to spend now. So when you think, oh, there's this new course I need to buy that I really need in inverted commas, you know, or I've got this software, I've got this trip I want to take or this conference or whatever it is, you just go and you, you see $1,000, you're like, great, I've got plenty of money there, for example. Or... Well, when you do it the other way around, when you take the profit first, that's why the title of the book is Profit First. When you take the profit and all this stuff off the table first, and let's say you're left with $300, then you actually start looking at like, oh, okay, I've only got $300 to run my business. And so at the very least, you will start running your business um, like you'll only spend that amount. Um, but what it re- also does is it forces you to run your business more efficiently because you're forced to kind of go, oh, I get $300. Um, that means I just have to make do with $300 to run this business this month because there's no other option. The other money has already been allocated towards tax and profit and owner's compensation. You can create other accounts for it. It was just a just a really great book on this topic. And I think a lot of yeah. the average business owner, especially the average entrepreneur, the person who's just getting into it, who hasn't been to business school, who hasn't um, got mm-hmm. a degree in finance or something like that, doesn't know about this stuff. Like none of my friends who are you know entrepreneurs or digital nomads or whatever you call them, um, you don't no one tells you this stuff when you're getting into it. You get into it because you're like, man, I want to make money so I can travel and do all this cool stuff. Uh, but no one goes, well, hang on, you got to make sure, like, you got to dial those finances in. Like, you really have to dial those finances in, or you're gonna get fucked, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, no, a thousand dollars is not a thousand dollars. That's what I've learned. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Well, uh, we're coming up right to the end here, so I think we're done pretty okay. good. What's um. If you're, if you're able to, I'd love to, like, you mentioned that you quit your job, like, just to mention some specific results. You quit your job, right? You had a had your job and then that ended or, or you quit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One? Yeah, yeah. I had that real estate job um, fresh out of college. I had started working for them as an internship, you know, second semester of my senior year. And then uh, they made me an offer and I went right into it. And um, like I said, with the time management book, was was a little over my head, but uh, that, that fast pace and, um, you know, just like being in the thick of it 
really, yeah, it taught me a lot about business. So um, I'm grateful for it. It wasn't a long-term thing. So, so I, yeah, after a year, I ended up leaving those guys and um, and embarking uh, down to uh, to Nicaragua for a while, and then traveling for about ten months. Yeah, nice. And then you get into copywriting. And then, and then, um, yeah, then I found myself uh, in a bit of an existential uh, <laughs> breakdown in a in a Istanbul hostel, believe it or not, um, typing into my MacBook, uh, what is a copywriter? And then, um, and then, yeah, through that, I think you recommended copy hours. So I, I took that course and started the handwriting and, um, actually still do some of that to this day. If I'm starting something new in a, in a, in a industry or a niche that I, I haven't written for, I'll still, I'll still do the hand copying. So I still, yeah, I still enjoy that. Nice. And you also mentioned, I think it was just like a month or two ago, that within a few months that you'd be pacing for six figures as well. Yes, man. And that's uh, super exciting. Um, I mean, that that's kind of been the dream all along. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. And um, so, yeah, I think 2018 will be the year. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's looking back, it's, it's, um, if you can just be getting better at the craft, I think you can be in a place, uh, mentally where you can justify it to your clients. Like here's, here's why I can raise my rates. And so, um, throughout the last year and a half, I've been always, you know, trying to add the value to them before I say, Hey, I've just doubled my rate or something like that. So if you can always just be finding solutions for your clients and thinking how to make their life easier, um, I've had almost no resistance to my long-term clients with, with raising my rates. So, um, also something to keep in mind. And, um, you know, if you're getting better, you should be getting paid more. So, um, there's no reason that there's, there's really no ceiling in this industry if you, if you can justify what you're charging. So, um, that's, uh, I guess one of, one of my final lessons <laughs> that, uh, that I'm still learning cause I'm still trying to get better. And, um, and yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, keep just pushing the ceiling on that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing before we wrap up, I'd love to know is, um, when you mentioned doing like clients and raising your rates, uh, with your long-term clients, how are you, what's the model there? I'm curious. Like, are you, are you like, you, is it a retainer sort of deal? They're paying it like a monthly fee. How do you, how do you structure those deals? Yeah, for a while it was um, it was going hourly just because that's how it kind of got started on Upwork. I don't do really any of that anymore. Um, but um, yeah, it's just project by project. Like if like I said, back to the sales thing uh, where we were talking. You know, if we are are thinking, okay, you know, we're going to write this autoresponder. Um, you know, what what do we need to do to uh, to to get it to convert? Um, like. If you're talking to the client and and you're just walking them through that, like, um, you know, if we if we need to get to, uh, I'm sorry, um, like a certain a certain benchmark. Um, uh, wow, sorry, yeah, <laughs> just got a little. The caffeine hit me there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so so I'm trying to think. So um, a lot of times, I'll I'll have a client and. Um, and I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'm always looking for deals. So, so one thing I was doing was, um, I would, I would sell a deal for, let's say like $3,500. And, um, and that would just kind of like move the ceiling on, on like what my rates were. So a lot of times it was just like, here's, here's what the market is valuing me at. Um, 
here's why I think it's going to charge that. But a lot of times I wouldn't just, you know, if I had a long-term client who, um, who I was charging a certain rate and my new rate was, uh, bumped up 20%. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just be like, Hey man, here's, here's the new price. Um, I would say, you know, listen, you've, you've been with me for a while. Um, here's what I've done for you. Uh, here's what I am going to continue to do. And here's how I think I can continue to, um, make you more sales, get you more clients. Um, then I would say, you know, here's kind of what I'm charging now, but since you've been with me for a while, we're, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put you at this rate in the next month or two. So, um, so yeah, it's not, it's not just, uh, just kind of leveraging what I'm at, but, but really just trying to, to, to show them how this relationship is going to continue to evolve. And, um, a lot of times I was, I was charging lower than what I should have been. So, um, there was that aspect too, where, uh, I think, you know, they understood the value of it. I was showing up and giving them good ideas that were converting to sales. So, um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. And, uh, and, um, yes, yeah, what I was, what I was trying to say when I was, when I was blanking out there was, um, if you can, if you can get a, a solid idea of where their kind of benchmark is like a baseline for a certain promotion. And, um, if you can, if you can set up an agreement where you're getting paid based on, um, you know, beating that, that baseline, that's something that Ian Stanley taught me that I'm going to, start kind of working into my deals moving forward is, um, let's say their average campaign does like $40,000 or something. And, and you beat that by 10 or 20%, um, on the conversion of the sales page, then you can, then you can start connecting your earnings to how much you're beating kind of their average earnings by. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Taking a percentage of the increase. Exactly. Love it. So, yep. Um, well, cool, man. It's been fun. Yeah, man, this is great. This is fantastic. This has been uh, very uh, insightful, I suppose, um, for the average for the average person who's like trying to get into this or trying to you know exploring how it works. I think this is great. So thank you. Uh, if people want to get get in touch with you, maybe they want to learn more about you. Maybe they want to hire you as a copywriter. Uh, where what's the best way for them to do, for them to do that? Yeah, you can reach me at uh, leecopy.com, it's just L-E-E copy, or um, yeah, Austin at leecopy.com if you want to shoot me an email. But um, yeah, I've got a little bit of a list there, um, been mostly focusing on projects, so I'm, uh, I'm not being a good email marketer and, and hitting my list up. But yeah, there's there's some good content on there, and if anybody wants to reach out, you can get me there. And if you're in San Diego, uh, feel free to give me, a, give me a ping and we'll grab a beer or coffee or something. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. All of links to that and uh, everything else that we've mentioned in the show notes at themcmethod.com. Thanks for coming on the show, Austin. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. Cheers, man. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.